0: Do I love my neighbor?
1: to freedom to choose brought to you by just as i am ministries giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction in their series questions from prison rich and susan kallenberg share 14 messages they teach to prisoners and answer their questions from within the walls of captivity rich and susan kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 18 years ago from their out of control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose.
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. Susan, what's up today?
2: Uh, Today we're continuing our uh, series on questions from prisoners.
0: Questions from prisoners. And we're talking about, of course, Folsom's women's facility, the facility we've been going into for the last year or so and ministering to the the women in there.
2: Correct. Going quite well, isn't it? Yes, it is. We went through our, our clean workbook first, and now we're going through our Steps to Christ Recovery Edition.
0: Very good, and if you want to get a hold of this book, just give us a call at 916-645-1297. That's Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. Uh, Susan, before we get too deep into things, would you begin today's program with a word of prayer?
2: Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we are so grateful that you provide all that we need in order to Um, have life and have it abundantly and right now we pray that your spirit will come into our hearts and and lead and guide us and and be with all of us as we continue to learn from you and your word and and just to to be guided by your truth and we thank you in jesus name amen
0: amen what does it mean to surrender what is a change of heart and where is satan's prison these are good questions aren't they and of course this title of our series is questions from prison we're in week five and the title of week five is what Susan
2: sold out to Jesus and the subtitle is consecration
0: consecration
2: so surrender to God is the pathway to sanity God has promised if you look for me wholeheartedly you will find me and that's in Jeremiah twenty-nine thirteen.
0: and that's so true with God it's it's all or nothing isn't it? How about in our marriage? Is it all or nothing?
2: It's got to be all or nothing. Are you sure?
0: I can't just be married to you like 90% of the time? No. No? You sure? Positive. Positive. Um, That's why it's all or nothing with God. It's a marriage. It's a relationship, a trust-built relationship. God gives 100%, and we give 100%. Right. It has to be that way. Uh, Surrendering your heart is, is like breathing. Either you do or you don't. It's, there's no middle ground. Until you turn your life over to God to be restored, your heart won't change. Why? Because by nature, we are alienated against God.
2: Right. In Ephesians 2 1, it says the Holy Spirit is explaining that um, we're dead because of our disobedience and our many sins. Our head is injured, and your heart is sick.
0: In fact, that's from Isaiah 1.5. Your head is injured, your heart is sick, you're sick from head to foot. You're caught in Satan's trap, held captive by him to do whatever he wants. That's 2 Timothy 2.26. The good news is that God yearns to heal you and set you free. But since this requires a complete change, a renewing of everything you are, it only happens when we completely surrender to him.
2: Right, and that's why uh, many times we repeat over and over that when you and I first got clean and sober and we realized that God was the one that that saved us from the pit, that we made an agreement first off that we were going we knew it was he, God that saved us and so we made a pact that it was going to be we were going to search for God as hard as we searched for drugs. And and
0: you know what that's what kept us through thick and thin mm-hmm. is our it uh, doesn't matter how up or how down things are. God's always been, you know, our discussion every day. We're talking about God and we're searching for him with all our hearts, like we used to search for drugs.
2: That's right, you because know. the drugs were uh, was the answer for us at that yeah, point.
0: The drugs right. used to fix everything, and now God does. So we don't go to the bottle or the baggie anymore. We go to God. Right. And it has to be that way. And in our marriage, and I'm I, and I'm sure I'm speaking for both of us, if there's a problem, we come to each other and we we talk deal it out and we deal with it right. right up front and you know but the struggle to turn everything over to god is the greatest battle you're going to ever fight surrendering surrendering to god's will is not easy but when you turn your will over to him when you repent of your sin and admit what's wrong he will heal you and restore you to sanity you mean we're insane pretty much actually running from god is crazy right but that's what we do,
2: right? Because he's the sustainer and the life giver yeah. of everything.
0: Yeah. So, so let's ask the question again: What does it mean to surrender? You ever had foot surgery, Susan?
2: I have had foot surgery. How many times? Twice. I have two feet.
0: <laughs> Actually, three times. Three times. Three you're times right. with three two times. feet. Yes. Um. What did you have to do? I mean, did you go in there and tell the doctor how you wanted to do it and how he was going to anesthetize you and all of that stuff? Or what happened?
2: No, I didn't tell him the details. I just said, I need this fixed. And (laughs) he went in and
0: he diagnosed your foot. Right. And he said, we have to do this, this and this Mm -hmm. and come in and we're going to do this. And so do you basically put your trust in the doctor and the doctor did whatever it took to make your foot well?
2: Wholeheartedly.
0: wholeheartedly, yes. You have to trust the doctor. I mean, he's going to knock you out. Right. He's going to take a knife and cut on you.
2: Ouch. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's going to do all these things, and so you have to trust him, mm-hmm. right? Well, God's going to do some surgery, too. He's going to do some brain surgery. And what that requires is that we give ourselves. Surrender, surrender doesn't mean to give up. It means to give over, just like you would go to a doctor and trust a physician. Right. It means to give over everything to God say God I'm not well I need you to heal me
2: well and I think the thing is in the Bible does say that we all give ourselves over to something and so if we're not giving ourselves over to God then we're giving ourselves over to um, evil and badness and and anything anything that's not good you know yeah
0: and one of the women in the prison uh, the other day made a very interesting comment she said as she was giving herself, she began to give herself over to God. She noticed something was happening. Someone else was dying. And she was almost mourning the death of this other person. This person that she knows and is beginning to say, I used to know that person. That person used to be me. But I, And it's like, it's hard to give this person up but this person is dying and I'm I'm mourning over it and right. it was so interesting to 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 hear her describe the death of her old self. Right. And that's part of that change of heart. Somehow God gives us a desire for good, a desire I don't know how he does it. I can't explain it. It's like the like the wind, you see the the leaves move.
2: Like in the story of Nicodemus, Nicodemus, when Jesus is telling him about the Holy Spirit. Yeah,
0: he's, you can see things happening. You don't know how, but you just know by the results something is happening. And she says, I know by the results that I'm mourning the death of this old person, that God is working in my heart. I'm going, wow, is that incredible. Is that inc-? And to be able to be that up front with, in, in the group. Right. And saying, that, you know, I'm, I'm mourning the death of my old self. But that is the old person. And and that was the key, I think, to our whole discussion that particular day was th- that whenever that is brought up again, no, that is the old person. Right. I'm going to reckon that person dead. And that's why Paul says reckon that old man dead because he's he's going to rear his ugly head. But you say, no, that's the old me. Right. The old me doesn't do that anymore. The old one I'm reckoning dead
2: and he uh, says die daily. So die, if that, says, that if you wake up with that person then then that's you know we all have to say that.
0: Yeah, I mean we wake up with that old person right. and we have to say nope. Nope. I'm not I'm not I'm not buying your bill of goods today. I'm surrendering to God today.
2: Well, and the beautiful thing is that it's our choice. You know, God gives us the opportunity and the freedom to make that choice each and every day. He never ever forces us. Satan wants to make wants us to think that God is forcing us um, to follow him. But that's, that's not what it is. No, no. God isn't like that.
0: God doesn't force. God gave us the freedom to choose. He created us with minds to think and the ability to choose. Didn't he's fact, he says, come now, let's settle this. Let's reason together. Isaiah 1:18, because he doesn't force us to do anything. He wants us to talk things through with him. When things don't make sense, he's not going to force us against our will he wants us to talk it over with him till it does make sense and if it doesn't make sense he would hope that we could put it on a shelf until we get a better picture of the situation and then try to fit the piece of the puzzle in right you know i mean when you're putting a puzzle together you don't force the pieces together no the pieces that don't fit you set them off to the side and you wait till you get a bigger picture piece of the picture of the puzzle and then naturally that piece will fit in and i think that's one of the one of the Hardest things to learn in recovery, because as you and I know, as recovering addicts, we were addicts because we wanted what we wanted and we wanted it now. Right. And so you, when you want to get fixed, you want what you want and you want it now. How long did it take for your foot to heal? For for, for your first operation, how long did it take for that foot to heal?
2: It seemed like forever.
0: It took like what, eight months. It did. Right. The second one healed a lot quicker, didn't it? Yes. Did you dictate to the doctor how quick you needed these things? I mean, I got a tennis match I got to go to in uh, three days. I need my foot healed. No. It doesn't work that way. And so we cannot dictate to God.
2: Well, you know, we can't dictate to him, and then he in turn doesn't dictate to us either. No. But I think sometimes in the Bible you can read statements. And just like with any parent-child relationship, I think there's times when you have to, uh, you know, work with a wayward child, which I believe that God does do that. But ultimately, he desires to not force, because love does not come through force. His
0: ideal is not to force. I, I, I once heard a preacher say that he he his daughter had got into trouble, mm-hmm. and he asked his daughter, would you like to discuss this on Mount Sinai <laughs> or in the Mount of Olives? Yes. <laughs> and she said, on the Mount of Olives, please. And so there is a time when god raises his voice when his children are rebellious and there's a time uh, and it almost seems like he is a little forceful but
2: it's not his it's ideal it's not his
0: ideal and no. it's, and and that's what happens when you have rebellious chil- children you have to be a little bit forceful god's ideal is to whisper gently in one's ear right. and, and and that's what a good you know when we surrender to god and we build that relationship i mean uh um it was elijah right before he went up In a fiery chariot, what was the last thing you heard from God was was a still, small small voice. voice. It wasn't the lightning and the thunder and the fire and the wind and the earthquake. It was the still, small voice. Incredible story, too. So God doesn't want you.
2: Us to, to be robots.
0: No, he doesn't want robots. He doesn't want us to be on puppet strings. I mean, I wouldn't want you to be on a puppet string. That would be kind of a strange relationship, wouldn't it? I think he wants us to get our dignity back. I think he wants us to be okay with ourselves in Christ. He wants us to make right choices because that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And he wants us to be thinking people about our choices. I mean, there's nothing better in a mother-child relationship or in a parent-child relationship that when the parent asks the child to do something, the child actually knows why and does it because it's the right thing to do, not because he's going to get paddled if he doesn't do it.
2: Right, and I, I believe that when you when you talk about um, dignity, when we speak with the women in prison regarding dignity and getting their dignity back, that's what God desires for all human beings. It, it's not just um, those of us who have ended up in a gutter. It's each and every one of us, sin causes us to lose our dignity. And there's, so that's one of the things that God's really trying to to um, instill in our hearts. I'm
0: glad you brought this point up because we look at, and we mentioned the phrase before crawling out from underneath the car at two in the morning, we look at that kind of thing and we say that that's not dignified, but there's nothing dignified about someone losing their cool and being, you know, a boss being crazy angry. Mm-hmm or a group of people sitting around gossiping. Right. There's, there's nothing dignified about that either. Right. In fact, I don't know which is more repulsive in God's eyes. Right. You know, and we have to remember that, that we're all sinners, we're all sick in need of a savior, and we all have issues. And basically God wants not for, nothing more than for us to get our dignity back, right. our self-respect. One of the, la- the last um, fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm.
2: Self-control, self-control
0: self-mastery, self-dignity,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, that's a fruit of the Spirit. Right. You can't muster that up on your own.
2: That's it's a gift. A f-
0: it's a gift from of God Spirit, right? for a-, a reward, if you will, for surrendering to Him. Mm-hmm. He offers all those fruits. Right. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, self-control, right. self-mastery. Mm-hmm. Giving your heart to God means giving up everything that separates you from him. Jesus says, you cannot become my disciples without giving up everything you own. It's an interesting phrase because he doesn't mean that if you don't give everything up, he won't let you follow him, but you won't be able to follow him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, right, if, it's
2: not I, trying to hold something back.
0: No. I mean, if I only give you 80% in the marriage, the marriage doesn't work mm-hmm. because... You won't let me be a part of it. The marriage doesn't work because I'm not giving to make it a marriage. Correct. And and that's the whole, you know. It 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 sounds when you, on the surface it sounds kind of odd until you put it into context of a person to person relationship. Mm-hmm. The relationship doesn't work if somebody is just always doing just enough to get by. Right. While every while the other side is given a hundred percent. You know that it's just not a good healthy relationship. Right. Uh, there'll be no cheaters, you know, in heaven. No, no one doing just enough to get by. The people in heaven are those that that have given a hundred percent to God and allowed God to work in them and through them. And, uh,
2: but I know too that there's a lot of times when we struggle with giving that hundred percent. You know, where it's a, that war against. Well, you know,
0: isn't that something? Isn't that the, the? Isn't that the thing that? is the most harmful is when you're when you know in your heart of hearts that you're not given a hundred percent and you and you're saying god i i i know i'm not giving you a hundred percent how are we going to work this thing out Mm -hmm. is it okay to go to god and tell him you know i'm really struggling lord i i I don't i don't like you today right (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. i'm really struggling with this is it okay to do that is Mm -hmm. it okay to go have you ever gone to him and 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 and
2: and I think what really is going on is that we're not happy with ourselves.
0: Right. And part of that part of that person has to die. Right. And unless we're willing to let that part of the person die, right. And and see, this is the struggle that goes on. Right. Constantly, it goes on. Um, what what did we ask them about what would cause separation between what were the main things that keep them from God.
2: Right, because right now they attend classes, they're in groups, they're doing educational programs, they're doing everything. The majority of them that that we work w- with are doing everything they can to uh, get rid of that old person and to become mm-hmm. this new person and so um, the number one thing of course is a relationship.
0: That's the toughest one and they're all struggling with there's somebody out side those walls that when they get out there's going to be some type of relationship that is either going to get rekindled or have to be cut off correct yeah and that that's one of the big deals and so we
2: it's a real phenomenon at the facility as well i know the chaplain had shared with uh, me that i think that that's part of our training is that the men uh, the men that are that are incarcerated get a lot of visits from whether they're girlfriends, wives, family, members, extended family. Whereas, for whatever reason, on the women's side, they don't have the visiting.
0: They don't get as many visits. Right. No. And it's uh, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just plain weird. Um, and it's sad. It is. Because there's no one to bring their children to them. Right. And these types of things. Of course, on the men's side, the women are bringing the children to the men, and they get... They get plenty of visits on the men's right,
2: side, right? So another thing was um, hopelessness, and a big one is also fear of failure. Fear of failure, right. mm-hmm.
0: fear, mm-hmm. fear can separate us from God, can't it? Mm-hmm. And what about if we know we're fearful, and we know we're separate—that's separating us from God. What do we do? What would you, what do you do with the what do you do when you have um, an ailment like cancer?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know you're afraid, and you're afraid to go to the doctor, right? Right. But it's the right thing to do, right? Right.
2: You know the um. And I was reading in First John, I believe it's chapter four, where it says, "Perfect love casts out all fear."
0: Okay. Extrapolate on that.
2: Um. I think that um, that love comes from a relationship, so it comes from spending time. It comes from getting to know the other person, and. The more you know, the more there's trust, and there's more faith and more belief in one another, and and I think that that's where true love is is exhibited is in a in a relationship where you know it could be friends, it could be family, it could be with God. Um, God's love, of course, is different than ours, but um, it comes through trust, belief, experience. You know, sometimes failure. (laughs)
0: You know, you're hitting the nail right on the head because we don't trust God. I mean, it's just the way human nature is. Right. Human nature trusts itself.
2: Right. We're against you him. You know,
0: my way, my way, my way. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, what did Eve say? What, how, was, how was she tempted? You can be like God. Right. You can run the show. Right. And so we want to. We want to make all those choices. We And so to allow God to show us the way and go, even though it may go against every fiber of our being, to, to be able to still come to him and say, God, you know what, I don't wanna do this, but like Jesus, not my will, your will, because I know it's right.
2: So it's back to that word surrender.
0: Surrender, and it's, it's gonna come back to that word constantly. It's gonna come back to that death of the old person. And, and by the only way that that happens is by surrendering to the new. Mm -hmm. The new way, by default, the new way gets rid of the old way.
2: Right. By default. It's replacement. It's replacement. You Mm -hmm. can't
0: stamp out sin. You have to crowd it out. You can't stamp out the devil. He's too big for you, so you have to crowd him out with Jesus. Right. It's the only way it works. Building. You have to
2: invite someone
1: else Uh into a life.
0: Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in decision. God will not force his way in. He won't knock the door down. He wouldn't do do any of those kind of things. It would violate everything that he stands for. Mm -hmm. You know, he died so that we could be free. Right. Um, Didn't we ask them, what do these walls represent? Yes. What do the prison walls represent? Mm -hmm. And as we started discussing that, some fascinating things came out from that discussion. Mm -hmm. It went from boundaries and um, prison to change,
2: mm-hmm.
0: to freedom mm-hmm. and all. Cause it, what they understood was when they were out there, they were in bondage, they were in prison. And right. when they're in here, they got a clear head. They got to meet God. hmm Face-to-face, mm-hmm. they're in here, they're thinking clearly, they're making choices. Now All they the have,
2: distractions have been removed, or the majority of them have been removed, and so they can focus on, on who God is and what uh, what he's done to yeah. bring them to that point. And so
0: now they know they're free. They right. realize right now for the first time in their life they're free to think. Mm-hmm. They're free to make their own choices, even though they're inside prison walls. Right. They're free because out there, they were chained to whatever addiction it was. The addiction told them what to do and when to do it. The man told them what to do, when to do it. Whatever it was out there had them in bondage. And so for the first time, and so what we're talking about now is lowering those prison walls slowly, but maintaining the same mindset. Mm -hmm. So that when the prison walls are all the way down, they have the same mindset that they have right now.
2: Right. So they walk out that different person. They walk
0: out that free person with the walls down. And see, that's that's what God kind of the way God ha- kind of has things set up, is He gives us rules and He gives us guidelines and He gives us these things for our best good. Right. But He wants to lower those walls. He wants to. I, I call it lowering the walls of the playpen. You know, you, you have He wants a, us to mature. He to wants grow us up. to mature <laughs> so right. He doesn't have to tell us not to kill each other. Right. He wants us to mature so He doesn't have to tell us this or that that we are free thinking people Paul said let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind in other words when when, when we have when we have issues the freedom to choose we have the freedom to choose and of course when we choose the right thing we have the, we continue to have freedom when we choose the devil we get bound up we, we end up with bondage and and then we start to lose our freedom and that's the hard part to understand that surrendering surrendering or giving oneself over to God represents true freedom. Yes. So how can I be free when I surrender? And you hear people talk. I mean, when I was in school, I wanted to be free to be able to go to the bar to drink and smoke. What did that bring? It brought bondage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It brought, a, a you know, half of a life of bondage. And so we are all, in a sense, in some form of prison, depending on where we're at. God wants to lower those walls, doesn't he? Yes. And when when we understand that concept, we can be free. Do you want to be made well? Next week, we will head into week six of the book, Steps to Christ, Recovery Edition. If you would like to get a hold of this book, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor?
1: Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series, Questions from Prison. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in addiction captivity. Whether behind walls or not, Rich and Susan are living testimonials and they've created this seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Call 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.